Yesterday or two days ago, something like that, <laughs> Hasbro released the Dungeons and Dragons trailer. Our first look at what this movie mm-hmm. uh, looks like. I, I, I want to start with, by the way, Dan, hi. <laughs> <laughs> We're just jumping right in. Yep, want to get to it. We're pretty excited about it, I think. And so, Dan, what were your expectations of a dungeon? We haven't really talked about this on the show. What are your expectations of a Dungeons & Dragons movie before we saw the trailer? I feel like expectations are dangerous things. I try not to have them. Probably the same as every other Dungeons & Dragons fan out there is (laughs) whenever it is translated to screen, it is done quite poorly. Mm -hmm. And I, I suppose that's what I expected although I did know from the beginning I'd heard when, when news first surfaced that this was coming down the pipe I thought well they're telling us it's big budget and some of the names attached I thought oh well this could be and this is probably a good time to mention I'm sure as everybody knows I, we're probably preaching to the choir here I'm sure everybody's seen the, the trailer at this point but it's got Chris Pine Michelle Rodriguez Hugh Grant a guy I hadn't heard of but he's been in some stuff fairly high profile newer actor, uh, Reggae Jean Page, I think his name is. Okay. And so it's it's got some pretty well-known names. Yeah. And producer, writers, directors, those folks have been involved in some pretty well-known, pretty successful mainstream movies. So, okay. Uh, so that... That's encouraging. Yes. Yeah. So what about you? What were your expectations before you saw it? Uh, kind of the same as what you're mentioning. I, I, I want to say low expectations. High excitement... I mean, a Dungeons & Dragons movie? Are you kidding me? This sounds really fun. But then I go back to some memories of some pretty awful fantasy films, <laughs> probably from the 80s, 90s. Really good attempts. But, like, it went, it was beyond the cheese factor, and it was just bad. Yeah. Um, there's some Conan the Barbarian movies that I've just <laughs> been wildly excited for, and some really cool things came out of them, but on the whole, very forgettable. Most fantasy from that time. You think of even attempts like Willow or yeah. Neverending Story or some of those movies that are probably beloved, but when yeah. you actually look at them... It's just not. Lady Hawk is another one that kind of comes to mind. I don't remember that. Matthew Broderick. I, I, yes. I love that as a kid, but I tried watching it as an adult, and it's unbearable. I could not... <laughs> I, it did not translate well over time, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So... You know, so I have all of that in the back of my head. I'm thinking, oh, I'm so excited. I hope they can pull this off and make it look good. And another thing that we'll we'll talk about later in this show is, to me, because there we do have a model for great success in fantasy on film, and that would be the Lord of the Rings films. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. that is that is the bar, and probably a very high bar. But 
there's a difference between just regular fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons fantasy right. in my mind. And so how do you achieve that without just trying to replicate a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, which I don't know if you can replicate that. So yeah. how do you make it something that's Dungeons and Dragons exciting? But when we say Dungeons and Dragons, I don't know, in my mind, I go to something that's going to have a little fun too. Like it's, there's going to be some jokes in there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We'll, well, we'll that's, see. That's an interesting, and what occurs to me as we're discussing this is the difference is it, it's not like there is a Dungeons and Dragons plot or something that you're supposed to follow. Right. It is a, <laughs> this movie is sort of the, the quintessential sandbox if they're putting it in the Dungeons and Dragons like world, they, they do have so many directions that can go that would mm -hmm. all be canon, so to speak. Right. Which is really exciting to think about, but also could be quite dangerous. And I'm wondering, you know, and I, I suppose as I'm thinking through this, as we're having this discussion, is the, the, the people who are creating this, how are they going to bridge the gap between the fans and the general public? Right. You know, the, the, the whole discussion of how do you balance the true fans and the general audience, their expectations, what they want to see? And it occurred to me, Marvel has laid the blueprint for that, I think. Yes. They've done such a good job at getting, I mean, comic books are pretty niche. I can remember all the way back to the very first Iron Man when it came out. I'm not a comic book guy, I know you are. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea who Iron Man was. And I heard Iron Man and I thought, that sounds dumb. Why would anybody want to watch that? A comic book movie? Seriously? Mm -hmm. And then I went to it, and I was hooked after that. Yeah. So there's a blueprint. Yeah, there is. And, uh, and you know, the, the danger is, you know, if, if you make a movie for just D&D fans, it's a cult classic. Mm -hmm. But that's not a that doesn't make a moneymaker. Right. And Hasbro, I'm sure, is not making this just for D&D fans. Because if we want more D&D right. movies, it, it has, <laughs> it has to, to appeal to... More than just that's yes. right. So we saw the the, the trailer drop yesterday. I was yes. at work and my phone was blowing up. <laughs> and I was like, "What is going on?" I knew the Comic Con was going, but I, I guess I was I I hadn't paid much attention to realize that they were going to drop a trailer there. So we saw the trailer. What what did you think when you saw it? Well, the first on my honest first reaction was, "Uh oh," because what I noticed was. And I don't know why I noticed this. I never noticed this stuff. But I noticed a little bit of glitchiness in the special effects. Okay. And I was a little... I, I forget which Discord chat I was in, and I mentioned that, and someone said, well, they often don't clean up the, the trailer stuff footage. until mm -hmm. after the trailer. And I thought, oh, okay. So mm -hmm. that, that makes me feel better. So okay. watching it a couple more times, and I'm going to totally cheat here, I... I scanned through YouTube comments and everything else just oh, to okay. see what other people yeah. thought. Mm -hmm. And the, the one comment that grabbed me, and I thought, yes, this looks like what, what's happening here, is they said, this looks like the movie version of somebody's home game mm. in the sense that there are jokey, you know, sort of lighthearted parts, as you mentioned, as there would be in most people's games in their basement. Mm -hmm. You're there with your friends, you're playing for three hours, there are some deadly serious moments, but there's also some fun and lightheartedness to it. And that's that comment when I look back then and watch the, the trailer again, I saw that and I thought, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's right. I think 
they nailed that. Yeah. I want to say more about stuff that I think they really did nail, but I want you to have a turn first. Yeah, so I watched this, and my initial reaction was, look at all these awesome D&D monsters. (laughs) Right? Right? (laughs) I mean, just... I mean, I'm like, okay, do we have too many monsters? And I thought, this is D&D, no way can you ever have too many monsters. But right away we can see that we've got a displacer beast at the very beginning. And you've got, of course, a dragon dropping acid or something. There I mean, are it, three it looks, dragons, three different dragons in this. Oh, okay, I didn't pay that close attention. But that one that is, goes flying by and it's dropping, it looks like it's vomiting, but it's like it's acid coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so so realistic and kind of fright, frightening at mm-hmm. the same time. But then on a, on a follow-up viewing, I saw a gelatinous cube in there. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the owl bear. And I want to talk more about that owl bear in a little bit. (laughs) But it's just, so my initial reaction was, wow, this looks better than where my expectations were already. I mean, there seems to be a pretty coherent Mm storyline that we'll talk about in a few minutes. It has a little bit of lightheartedness, as you mentioned, but, but those monsters we know from sitting at the table... We know that those are mm-hmm. very, I mean, that mimic, in fact, our, our <laughs> game just played a mimic or played mm-hmm. fought against a mimic. A lot of cool stuff in that. And I, I'm super excited that yeah. this trailer did exactly what it's supposed to do and really got me interested in the movie. So, Dan, the question I want to ask is, do they succeed in making this feel like a Dungeons & Dragons movie? And take that any way you want. I'm going to say, the, the, as I process and think more about it, I'm more confident that they are going to be true to the game. Mm. You can watch that trailer and you can see, oh, there's the paladin. Yep. There's the druid. There's the wizard, the bard, the barbarian. You can see, as you said, recognize the beasts, the the creatures, the monsters. Mm-hmm. And those are accurate. And, and again, this is where I cheated a little bit. I kind of read, I watched a couple more reaction videos and there are already people just digging in and saying, oh, there's the black dragon you know, oh. the red dragon, there's a silver dragon. <laughs> of I think course. silver might be gold. Kind of hard to tell in this instance. You can see spells being cast. There's a misty step being cast. You can see oh. firebolt, probably. Okay, yeah. And shield. I, yep. And slow. Somebody caught that. I didn't catch that, but okay. I was pretty sure that was the case. So I thought they, they got all that, and they are definitely, it's fan service in the sense that they're, they're, they're doing it correctly. This mm-hmm. is how this would work. This is how a game would look if you turned it into a movie. Yeah. And even to the plot, it's from what we know, so, you know, it's, it's some adventurers who have some adventurers who you know, achieved a quest, but it went sideways. And now bad stuff's happening. And it just seems exactly like you would see a plot in any homebrew. So. Yep. So that that gives me a lot a lot of confidence that they're they're doing this right. I feel the exact same way. I feel like that they have really because, like I said earlier, my concern was I don't want another Lord of the Rings attempt. I don't want an attempt at that because you can't top that. No. So I wanted something that feels very D and D. The monsters. I, I love the the fact that you brought up the spells mm-hmm. because that is that is D and D. The thing I thought was very real. So here are the things that make it D and D for me and look like it's going to be well put together. Is you have a conflict that has a screw up. Like, they mm-hmm. stole the wrong thing for the wrong person, and now they're going to make it right. How many times in our games 
do we do that? You know, yeah. do we make a mistake? And the DM's like, well, that was, a, you shouldn't have done that. And and so you spend time fixing a mistake in a campaign. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that. That felt very real to me. And they kind of say that, like the, the little jokey this at the end, well, I make a plan, then it doesn't work, then I make another one. And I, I, another comment I said, I, I saw said, now that is true D&D, because what plan ever works? Right. <laughs> yeah. And that banter, that, that yeah. ban- it's, it's like table banter. And then there's even like the harassment of a character. Yes. Well, so you make plans that fail. Well, he also plays a lute. Uh, and then they show the picture of him, and they clip of him like leaping around. <laughs> I think that's great. That is so D&D. And I hope the way it's done, it translates to people who are not, sit- who don't regularly sit at the table. What occurs to me that the timing might just be perfect for this because you've had this slow building swell of awareness of D&D through Critical Role, through Stranger Things. Yep. And it is now embedded in sort of the cultural mm-hmm. consciousness, I think. True. In a way that it, and, and, and in a way that would make people say, yeah, I might go see that movie mm-hmm. as opposed to in the 80s. Right. It's not so niche anymore. And people, people are kind of accustomed to the idea, like with Marvel, comic book movies, no, but they're fun. They're awesome. Right. You know, even if you don't like comics, you're going to like this. Right. The action is, good, is you know, there. And, and if you do like comics, when the, you know, the best of the Marvel movies mm-hmm. respect that and right. you know, honor that. So it's kind of for everybody. And I could see this achieving that. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, in a way, it's, it's easier, I feel like, for these people because there's not... It's not like they're running the movie version of Descent into Avernus or whatever. Right. It's just the right. world. Mm-hmm. You've got spells, you've got monsters, you've got characters. Go. Yep. It can yes. be anything. That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So the other thing that makes it D&D for me is the classes of the players make a big difference yeah. to me. Like when I was watching, I was thinking, oh, and so the one that made me really think of it was when the owlbear turns back into the tiefling girl yeah and i'm like druid <laughs> druid yes i never would have thought a druid because they call themselves a band of thieves yeah and so yes yeah, so you can still have a band of thieves and you're not all but i was i had him a picture honor among thieves that this was going to be a story with all assassins thieves rogues things mm-hmm. like that and the fact that it is a well-rounded party that we see the bard that we see someone that's using magic and a some kind of a warrior. You mentioned paladin. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was a paladin, barbarian, fight. Well, but there's, there's a, there, something. The, I think Michelle Rodriguez definitely plays a barbarian because okay. she's like slamming guy, body slamming him. Yeah. And I felt like the other guy was a paladin because at one point they're, I think, in the Underdark. And he, there's okay. one line where he looks and says, there is evil here. Oh, yeah, so that's right. Detecting. So, but that, that's where I'm like, oh, the character classes yes. mean so much. They're gonna, I think they're going to play them. I guess they made a tiny mistake. I, I shouldn't ruin it for you. Oh, but I will. I, again, one of the videos I was watching said druids can only turn into animals, not monstrosities. So technically, should, she shouldn't have been able to turn into an owlbear. Oh, but, I'll do a little research on that one. But this guy, but this guy was like... I'm going to be the jerk because I know someone in the comments will. Mm-hmm. He said, but I don't even care. This right. is awesome. We got an owlbear. Right. Who cares? You know, and I do think, and again, rule of cool, mm-hmm. you know, at, at anybody's table, I'm sure that some druid has been given permission to turn into an owlbear. Yep. So. That's right. Um, so it's all up fun. to the DM. The DM can make those rules. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so in this case, it's the director. That's right. The, the director and the writer, by the way, at Comic-Con really... You could tell they love D&D. Mm-hmm. 
played it, they're aware of it, you know, so yeah. I, I feel like they're going to respect it. I hope more comes out about them, and maybe it's already out there. I just, I haven't seen anything. I, I, I like that you're bringing some of the aspect of the uh, panel to this, mm-hmm. and I know you've got one piece that you want to mention you put on social yeah. media already, but the one last thing I want to mention that sold me on this is when that Led Zeppelin riff starts. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we so we are very well in tune to popular music, especially retro music in movies, and we're okay with it, like Guardians of the Galaxy. And actually, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the best example of bringing... Ragnarok uses it as well, but I really, I really like that. It doesn't have to just be D and D era music. Now, I don't know. Will Led Zeppelin show up in the movie? I don't know. Maybe it's just a trailer you know, piece. This is a question for listeners. I would, I would really love if you guys would respond. Yeah. Do you play music at your tables? And if so, what type? It's exactly where I was headed with that because oh, I'm I was, sorry. Sorry, no, that's sorry. that's okay because <laughs> I know you you often play music at our table and it's just a mix of and I don't know what kind of mix you do but Zeppelin shows up in there even like Avengers theme shows up sometimes I've got yeah I just went on and found cool atmospheric music mm-hmm. just went on Spotify and just started picking and choosing yeah I, I actually have a couple of different playlists I've got one that's more straight up D and D inspired stuff that's don't hear it on the radio. Yeah. But there are some times where I'm like, eh, change it up, and I'll just throw in a list of stuff I like to listen to yeah. in the background. So I, I actually have seen some reactions like, oh, not Led Zeppelin again. But <laughs> I thought, you know what? That's, that actually, you could argue that that reflects the culture of play. Right. Because I bet you there are a lot of tables out there mm-hmm. that... Led Zeppelin is in the background as you're fighting your monsters. And it just makes me think of all the different things. Because when you listen to the Dungeon Dudes, they use, and I forget, they they, tabletop pro- audio. they they use tabletop audio for some sound effects in the background. You use music. I know at our D&D camp recently, mm-hmm. uh, Will yes. had sort of like horror sounds yes. going in the background because mm-hmm. they were doing a horror-based uh, adventure. And so to me, the Led Zeppelin just Spoke. You know, I even think about Eddie and I don't know if you've seen season four of, of Stranger Things, but Eddie is a character that anyone who's listened will know and Master of Puppets comes up. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it, it just music sets an emotional tone. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard Led Zeppelin, I was in. I, it gave me a feeling of what this movie is going to be about. I think it, I think it fits. And I, I thought think it's supposed to be fun. It's, yeah. I mean, all movies are, I guess, to a certain extent, but I mean, uh, Marvel-esque in mm-hmm. the sense that you're going to get a story with real stakes and real characters, but they're going to joke too. Right. So I want to conclude with uh, the the passage that you had or the, the moment that you saw on the panel. Yes. Because, I wasn't there. I just saw the video. But, but, right, right, right. <laughs> but because I think besides just having an overall importance to the statement – I, I like what it could potentially do for what we do and yes. what many of you yes. do at your schools, clubs, wherever you are, that you teach Dungeons and Dragons to kids. And yes. so tell, me, tell us a little bit about that. So Chris Pine, the star of one of the stars, was discussing how he himself had never played D&D, had a nephew that had and loved it. And so he brought him into the discussion of should I do this role or not? Mm. And then in the process, eventually, their entire, their extended family sat down and played a session of D&D. And Chris Pine said, as I was playing that and 
watching the interactions, he said he felt like D&D should be played at every American high school. He said he felt like yes. <laughs> that this game breaks down barriers between people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a cliche about high school, but there's definitely a lot of validity that you stay in your lane, you stay in your group. And if you're not lucky enough to have a group, then it can be a rough four years. Mm-hmm. And our whole point in the game club that you created, your whole point in the game club, is to provide a, a space for kids, every kid, but kids who might not have another home right here at the high school. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was sort of exciting to see this just blasted out at Comic-Con by yep. a Hollywood star saying what we've been saying for a couple years now. D&D yep. is a powerful tool for, I don't know, social cohesion sounds like a little bit too artsy-fartsy, but basically it's, it is a fun game, it's an awesome game, but it can do so much for people sort of in a social-emotional way right. as well. So I just, I think that's awesome. I can't wait to watch the panel on YouTube to see what other things the directors and the actors had to say. But I have to say, Dan, I am, this trailer, I'm pumped. March yeah. can't come fast enough I've gotten for old me. and boring, and I really don't go to movies anymore, but I think I'll probably have to go to this one. I'm, <laughs> I'm even picturing a field trip next. I was wondering if we might do that with the game club, <laughs> see if... If they yep. want to do that, that yep. would be awesome. That would be super cool if our local theater would arrange something for us, maybe even a special screening. That would be cool. No. I'll have to, I'll have to make some phone calls and see if we can make that happen. Pull some strings, yeah. Yep. So, uh, and I know we've got kids that work at that theater, so maybe we can we can get some things that happen. But we're excited about the movie. We hope you are too. Let us know what you think on social media. We're on, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, let us know what you think there or send us an email. We'd love to read your email or your comments on the air to uh, just what your thoughts are, what you're excited about, mm-hmm. what worked for you. Did you catch anything else like a druid turning into an owlbear? <laughs> Not allowed. No, it totally is allowed. So what do you guys all think out there? So reach out to us, let us know. And thanks for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We will catch you next time. That wraps up today's session. So thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.